This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee, where everything is great. With me, as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN in West Palm. And from the bad place, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Jonathan Hood. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> yeah. Right, but the wrestling's good, right? right. I think we had a, yeah, I think yeah, we had a good week. That's great. That, that we're not talking sports on here. No sports. <laughs> no sports. No great Miami sports. Because all those great sports, South Florida, uh-huh. all the great sports, Milwaukee. We're not talking Chicago sports here. Can I just get a respite for an hour? Plus, please. <laughs> yes, yes. We will give you that please. respite. We will give you that respite. However, your wallet's probably going to get hit because AEW has another Pay-per-view event coming up this Sunday. Woo! It is going to be Russell Dream from uh, from the Pacific Northwest. And following weekend, on next Saturday, we have WWE Fastlane. So with a couple of, you know, premium live events and pay-per-views coming up, what events are you looking forward to the most? Are you looking forward to Russell Dream or are you looking forward to Fastlane? And by the way, uh, for the record, Fastlane as of right now, and we're... <laughs> Nine, nine, ten days yeah. away. Two matches announced, right? But a contract signing also announced. So does that count as a third match? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't announced that the IC title match will take place at Fastlane, but there will be a contract signing Monday. So maybe a third match announced. Okay. Well, I think every time we come down with one of these things, where hey, it's it's AEW show, and then there's a WWE show. We know that the AEW show is going to slap. We just yep. know that it's going to be a stacked card. We don't care who's going to be in the building or where it is. You just know it's going to be fantastic because of the way they stack the cards. One thing about AEW, different from WWE, is WWE understands that here's Fastlane, but boy, wait till you get to Survivor Series because that's one of the real main tentpole events. So even though Fastlane doesn't have much yet, um, John Cena and Mystery Partner against the Bloodline and... You know, Seth Rollins against Shinsuke Nakamura. We know those matches will be fine, but you know that AEW is just going to deliver because Russell Dream is something that Tony Khan wants to do um, uh, and for the Pacific Northwest and for the New Japan fans. And there's supposed to be some big announcement or some changing of the guard. So A new Russell era. Dream, that'll be the card. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's- Tony said it's a new era this week. That has to mean something now. Or is it just a big announcement? Do we do we hear Metalingus coming through the loudspeakers? I had that well, in college, but I had penicillin to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fast forward to the end of this show. A uh, news and notes of uh, Wrestling Observer reports edges WWE contract up Saturday, September thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Just just putting that out there. The pay per view is Sunday, October first. So take that what you want with it. I'm just you know sharing information. A little tease ahead to news and notes. So, you know, just so you know that. That's fine. But, like, Edge being – if Edge is there for that card, does that mean it's new? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the man's a free agent oh, as of Sunday. He's, uh, he's not a reporter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right. He just, I he, just read reports. <laughs> I mean, I don't – I don't think that means it's a new era. But also, when they brought in Christian, they overhyped the hell out of Christian. Right. So, it would just make sense to do it for Edge as well. You know, they're, they're a package deal. Um, I, but that's the thing. Like, you look at Wrestle Dream, like – this is one hell of a card. Like, I'd say I'm more excited about this card than I was going into All Out a month ago, and that show more than delivered. But Hangman versus Swerve, I think the Christian and Darby, two out of three falls. 
Brian Danielson versus Zach Sabre Jr. FTR versus Aussie Open. Like, this is being treated as if it is one of those tentpole events. Like, I am legit excited about Sunday night with AEW. Yeah, I, I, this is going to be a good card. I've, I've got little things I can pick at. Sure. Uh, I'm just... I, I've just had an issue now with the last two pay-per-views with MJF not defending the world championship. Like sure. it, again, if you go to, I feel WWE can get away with it because Roman Reigns ain't going to be at Fastlane. Like he's, he's not showing up in Indianapolis. He's not going to be defending it there. But when, when you have the, the model that WWE does with the premium live events on Peacock where, you know, it's a hundred dollars or $120, whatever it is for an entire year's worth of pay-per-views, including mania and all these other things, like you can get away with Roman Reigns not being there, but Oh, by the way, you still have Seth Rollins defending the second world championship that you have. So that's still going to be defended on that card. Whereas with AEW, the more of these pay-per-views that they put together without, and we've already had this conversation in terms of the world title being cold with MJF holding it, like the more pay-per-views that they have where MJF is instead defending the secondary <laughs> tag team titles, the, the further away we get from these pay-per-views meaning something and the AEW World Championship meaning something. Yeah, it is problematic that on this Russell dream, the heavyweight champion once again is not defending his championship. At least it's not on this card, and I don't think it's going to happen. No, because uh, he's I mean, doing the two-on-one. He's, he's fighting right. a handicap match. Again, you're, well, they're putting a ROH ahead of AEW, and I think that that's wrong. Look, I, I'm an honor club guy. And still, it doesn't resonate with me. I watch ROH, and it's kind of like I still want to see the AEW champion wrestle. Now, I do the Ring like, of Honor World Title will be defended. The the what? The Ring of Honor World Title, Eddie Kingston versus Shibata. That title's on the line. Okay, thanks, thanks <laughs> for the New Japan honk. That's going to be great. Good, congratulations. <laughs> that's their wet dream, not mine. Uh, but, but, so, but I believe it's it, titled Wrestle Dream. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. That's right. It's it should why can't it be wet dream for, for me? All the matches I want to see. Wrestle dream. It's a dream for Eddie for Eddie Kingston. Good for him. It's yeah, a dream man. for him, but not necessarily for me. We'll be watching though. But yeah. I think that your point the point is well taken, guys, about MJF again, heavyweight champion that's not defending the championship. Now I will say this the switch play Jay White thing that we saw Ooh. on Wednesday night, fantastic. Yep. You know, it's it's dumb luck, but because of the injury to Adam Cole. We get somebody that was on the top of the card that was the main event of Russell Kingdom for New Japan, took some time off, and now right here in the mix with this, all I know is that Jay White, if he was in WWE, it'd be him against Cody Rhodes right now. That's what I think. I think he'd be like semi-main or like middle of the card trying to work his way up. So for him to even be in the face of MJF is fun. Again, we don't get that at Russell Dream, and that's down the line, but at least it's something for the future. Yeah, but the way AEW is, the way the timing is, the next pay-per-view will be in November. This is going to be a random Wednesday night, it feels like. That Wait, by the lake or oh. just some random? Yes, MJF versus Jay on a random Winter Wednesday night. Winter, Winter is, is coming. coming. There you go. That's what that's a match you want to pay for, for me. But yes. Agreed. But, but can they, they, they book do. it all the way till November? Late November? Well, again, all you have to do is... I mean, I guess that's usually middle November, is it not? Because then they do winter is coming in early December and you got a couple of weeks to let it breathe or whatever. But like, I, I feel like you should be able to with what you drew up last night. And, and oh, by the way, I, 
They should have just relinquished the ROH titles last night. Because now you're putting you're you're putting him in a bad situation because you're either a gonna bury the righteous, which I don't know if you have future plans nice, for them or not. Nice. But eventually he's got to drop them. He's got to like, and if MJF is gonna go out there and single handedly pluck, you know, be the plucky baby face that just fights these two on one, like eventually he's got to lose. Right. I would agree. This, however, this booking gives MJF the opportunity to be more like himself. Like he's not the baby face or quasi baby face now because of the attack that took place on Jay White. You know the MJF was behind that, so it's an opportunity for him to be the true devil and the heel in that scenario. And again, I don't know how this is all going to work out. I just know it's very interesting. At least November eighteenth for for a company that lacks story at times, mm-hmm. they're actually telling stories. Sure, November eighteenth is full year, but also like in terms of stories, like. Why the righteous? Like, why not the kingdom who's been involved sort of on the outside with these two, with Cole? Like, wouldn't that have made plenty more sense to have them fighting for the titles? Well, my, my guess is that the righteous, again, because like all of these, all of these plans were in motion with the, um, you know, they, they did the eliminator tag team thing. Right. I can't remember if it was on collision or if it was on ramp, the two hour rampage, but they had done that where the righteous won for the chance to, to challenge for the ROH tag titles and, we didn't know about Adam Cole's situation at that point, right? Okay. Like, so so many of these wheels were already in motion. Like, my guess is the Righteous were originally going to lose. Right, I can't right, imagine yeah. the Righteous beating MJF and Adam Cole at this point, but the injury to Adam Cole's ankle, which obviously is legitimate if you happen to see any of the photos that Britt Baker uh, put out there on social media. Yikes. Um, tough, tough scene for Adam Cole, and we hope that he recovers quickly, but... He's, he's going to be out of action for a while. He ain't coming back anytime soon, so now you're going to have to pivot. And I just wish they would keep more of the ROH stuff out of, a, out of AEW mm-hmm. because now we because I'm guessing Matt and Nick Jackson aren't going to win in their match. They've got a fatal four-way for a chance to, to challenge for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, but they're already ROH trio champions with Hangman Adam Page. Like it's, it, it just becomes a little too convoluted, like, because there are just so many belts just floating around and yet we still can't find an opportunity for MJF to consistently defend the world heavyweight championship on pay-per-views. Yeah. Let's, let's be the 3,215th um, podcast that says that there's too many belts in AEW because it's true. <laughs> it's true. They do have too many championships. Like, you can have that many championships. Well, no, AEW is fine. AEW has enough championships. Just keep the ROH ones in ROH. Well, uh, I mean, they when when ROH belts are on AEW TV, it's like they're AEW belts too, though. That's yep. like you have championships, but have them mean something. Mm-hmm. Unless you unless you're going to tell me that ROH is going to get some kind of you know uh, HBO Max deal, or you could be able where everyone can see them. Then what's the point of all this? I, I just think that. You know, when you ask the question, bro, it's, I just think that the card's pretty good. I can poke holes in a couple of things, but I know sure. it all's going to deliver. I'll give you an example of what I can poke holes in. The end of Dynamite gave us Hangman Adam Page against Swerve Strickland in a contract signing in the main event spot. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, I don't know what they're fighting for. They're fighting for what is Swerve is fighting for Adam Page's spots in the yeah company? that he says he doesn't do much with i don't know what they're fighting for and that and that those rambling promos at the end it's kind of like i didn't get it maybe i maybe i just missed it i understand it's, it's gonna be a good match i just think 
I don't know what they're what's the stakes. Uh, so so Strickland wins, he gets Adam Page's spot. <laughs> yeah, you you didn't need the contract signing, that's for sure. And this is this is another example of AEW having a good original concept, but then not being able to continue any sort of story to the pay per view, because we all three of us love the original promo that Swerve Strickland cut on Adam Page talking about his spot and how he hasn't done anything with it. And there just really hasn't been anything ever since then, other than Swerve Strickland getting very serious and telling Prince Nana that he can't do the dance on the way to the ring. (laughs) Well, that's so I enjoyed the promo. I thought it was good. Like, I agree. They're not fighting for anything that closed dynamite last night. Are they main eventing Sunday? They better not. No, excuse me. (laughs) Holy cow. That's then. uh, But look at the card. Like, who is then? And it's very obvious who's closing the show. Is they're in Brian? Washington. Yes. Come on. Okay. They're, they're closing but, with Brian Danielson taking on Nick, uh, taking on Zach Sabre. The, but you talk about stakes. Like, there's nothing there. Brian said he wants to fight Zach. Zach has had some promos in New Japan and on social media. But if you're watching AEW, you don't even know who Zach Sabre Jr. is. Yeah, but you know who Brian Danielson is, and he's yes. big enough, then he's closing the show. Okay. But you understand Broitz's point, though. Yes, it's Wrestle Dream for all for all of us that's on the inside and smart and like, oh, we can't wait to see that. But then that does not grow the company, though. Like right. it, it does not. We're all, we're all in the AEW circle. Like we know that's going to be a five star match. But do the WWE stragglers that want to do something on that Sunday, do they know that's a good match that just want the bloodline and just want Cody and Seth? I don't you know, like that's the difference between. Hey, you're inside. You know Zack Zaber Jr. is great. Hey, when did you see this match? Okay, the circle understands. What about outside the circle? Do they understand? And that's why your business is like this instead of like this. Yeah, I agree. Um, but if I mean, if you were going strictly story, like a- advancing AEW stuff, the main event would be Darby versus Christian, two out of three falls. Agreed. And if there is an edge tie-in, like I wouldn't rule out that being oh. the end. If if that's the main event and Edge doesn't show up, right. there's going to yeah. be disappointments, right? So if if you're going to put that on last, yeah. Adam Copeland Adam Copeland better be coming out to uh, some metalingus and running around <laughs> and just getting all jacked up. No, that's uh, fair. Heel, heel Edge or Babyface Edge? I mean, if he's aligning with Christian, it's Heel Edge. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Maybe, uh, going maybe, going maybe, all in. Yeah. Maybe he'll start talking about dead moms. You know, you've got the one guy talking about dead dads, and then Edge is talking about dead moms. But those two together can't get booed. Like when we talked about like Dark Order as heels, like that just doesn't work. Like Edge and Christian as heels, like I don't, I don't, I don't see it in twenty twenty three. I think that Edge would be opposed to Christian Cage the way he has been so mean to people and going after Darby Allen. I think he could be pretty pissed off. Could could Edge help Darby Allen win? That third fall, fall of the two or three falls. I don't know. Are you saying it's going to three falls? That's a bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, it's three falls. What do you mean? Has, has you it two out of three? three I, that is a stat I would love to know. Has yes. anybody ever swept a two out of three falls match? Has anyone won two nothing in the two out of three falls? I'm, I'm then, thinking. Hold on. Let me okay. <laughs> like... That would be incredible. You do the stipulation and somebody wins both right away. That's it. Like, do I a squash that. two out of three falls. Yeah. You know what? 
I have seen that, but it was like <sighs> a preliminary match. You know what I'm saying? It was like, well, sure. like, hey, I'll take you on. I'll give you two shots at this. And like the, the jobber gets squashed in two straight falls. I've seen that. Yeah. But not like two strong contenders where it's yeah. like, ah, I lost. <laughs> oh, two. Damn. I've never seen that. Not with yeah. two good wrestlers or, or a tag team. I haven't seen that. Man, that would be incredible. <laughs> that would be incredible if that's the way they did it. Christian oh, Cage dude. just wins both right away. Yeah. That's it. Well, that's it. See you later. <laughs> Good night, back, guys. Oh, we've got a lot of other cool things happening here on GKW today. Some interviews around OVW and the hit Netflix series Wrestlers, uh, which is out right now. That's coming up later in the show as a part of the three counts. But the three count are the other top stories in professional wrestling we want to talk about. So Brian, we have number one this week on the three count. Let's start with a pretty strong week of wrestling, starting with Friday night, SmackDown, Rampage, Grand Slam, Collision Saturday, Raw Monday, Dynamite last night, a lot of wrestling. What was the best show from this past week? It's a great question. It's a question that Brooks has never asked before. Yeah, right, because it felt like top to bottom, like there really wasn't much skippable this week. I mean, um, SmackDown, they, they got to some things, but like with no LA Knights, with but we you had know, EO and Asuka doing EO and Asuka things. Yeah, yeah. And EO and Asuka delivered. Um yeah. I I kind of lean towards collision. I really enjoyed Saturday night's collision. I mean, you had you had Andrade and Jay White in in there. Um you know, a good main event. I feel like they advanced some things just because the wrestling and action was good on the two hour rampage, but it's always weird for me when they do that because you knew it was taped on Wednesday and it just, it just has such still kind of a disconnect to it when you watch it, um, knowing that it was like still from Wednesday. Uh, but I'll, I'll go with collision. I think collision was the best show this past week. You know, it's a, it's a great story. Um, that both companies are giving their all. Like there's some things I really liked about Monday night raw. That I thought yeah. was very good, especially mm-hmm. the ending. That was some old school, like mid south at the end. All they needed is like the rolling graphics. It was just amazing. Like we gotta go. So long, everybody. Like it's one of those things. It was that was like, a fantastic ending. Like match of the week this week is gonna be like. I mean, it's gonna be difficult to narrow it down. Like it's funny when we started this podcast, it became match of the week, and then we expanded <laughs> it to okay, we can do three. Like it's gonna be tough to limit it to three this week because there were a lot of really good ones. I think I think for me I think it's um, AEW Dynamite. I believe okay. it was. And I don't mean this. I mean I don't mean yesterday's Dynamite. I mean like if we're doing match of the week, can we go back to New York? You're gonna go all the way back to Grand Slam to Wednesday. Ah, you can bet yeah. the rules, make them how you want. I, I I think I mean because that was a stack card. I guess that's the point. Yeah, it's stack card. But 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 I even guess... like the two hour rampage had a lot of really great action on it too. They did. They did. I, I think that you may be right, though, Gabe, when you talk about um, about collision, because we haven't done a poll question about this yet, but it's almost like we should ask, like, do you if you're going to watch AW programming, do you prefer collision over dynamite? Collision just seems like a different show, like it's yeah. being written by yeah. someone different. I don't I don't know. The pacing's different. Kevin Kelly and Nigel Guinness on the on the calls different. It's a little bit more relaxed. It's not like, oh, I got to you know, just continue to plug, plug, plug. It was just kind of just, it's very, as a different production, seemingly. Um, and I thought that at Grand Rapids, what a great crowd. They rarely get wrestling up there, and then they get wrestling, and they get 
great matches. I get Jay White against El Lidolo, just like, yep. as an example, as a great match. Well, you get a Texas death match, yeah. which is weird. I think it's the first time they've done a Texas death match outside of the state of Texas, which is, <laughs> you know, worth noting. Yeah. But, like, you get RVD and Hook, yeah. you know, in, in front of, which obviously was going to play well with, with RVD being a Michigan guy. Like, it just seemed like there was a good mix of just about everything in there. The FTR match. Like, against the yeah. Horsemen. Like that was a good match. It was a fun match. Like getting something like that even add to that show. I like, needed and, more. I needed more from. I needed to say that match two or three times. The workhorsemen they gave their all, and you look at them, you're like, oh god, these two, right? But they could work. Yeah. Those guys, the workhorsemen, fantastic. And I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. Like, and, and I know she. We didn't mention the Statlander Julia Hart match. That's uh, for the TBS title at Wrestle Dream. Like the matches that Julia Hart had this week, she had a really good one with Sky Blue. On on Saturday night, like she, I feel like they haven't asked her to do much, and now they've been like slowly bringing her along, right? Like first she was the cheerleader in uh, Varsity Blondes, and then comes over, and she's just more of this like menacing figure. But now she's getting in the ring more, and you can see that that she's starting to get pretty good at this, and and like she's just a young talent that's really progressing within AEW, and the matches that she put on on Dynamite last night. On collision on on Saturday night, like I'm I'm pretty excited for this match with for her versus Statlander. I 100 percent agree. Like they're building her up to where you think she might even win on Sunday, but like all of those matches were good. Like you met you had Sky Blue, you had Kira Hogan on Saturday. I thought that was decent, and Willow last night with a different like Willow with an edge. Like yeah. you're getting that win, like that was fun. Yeah, there was and no there was no smile there. She's no. Just- well, because, and then going back to Collision, like, and then you still have story development on Collision. Right. Like, it seems they're having banger matches, but now they're even continuing the story with Miro and whatever we're going to call CJ Perry. I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she's just CJ. Miro's, Miro's hot and flexible wife. I don't know what we're calling her. Wait um, a you, can't. you can't. said that. Now, hold on now. Be careful. When she came out, it said it on the screen, hot and flexible. You're not to say that. That's a bad <laughs> Damn it. You can't say that, Gabe. Be careful now. Hey, look, I don't want to piss off the Redeemer. Trust me. I, I don't want anything to do with pissing off the Redeemer. He's a friend of the program. I don't want him to be upset. <laughs> But it, it just, to your point, Jay Hood, like there are some times where you watch Dynamite and you're like, oh, that was decent. But like, I just feel like Collision has found this balance of, and maybe because it's Brian Danielson's show and that's the one he's more involved with. And you kind of get that mix of just about everything. You're having good matches, you're developing talent, you're developing storylines and like just, just the way that they've been able to do it. Maybe because that's the one Brian Danielson's on that has that different feel. Also, actually, also, bro, it's, I can make a case to say that AEW Rampage might have been one of the best shows of the week, too, because of some of the stuff we laid out. So the Julia Hart Sky Blue was part of the two-hour Rampage. And believe oh, me, that was Rampage. Okay, I got it. Well, I'm sorry. There was, listen, it's not your it was, fault. It was, <laughs> not your fault, brother. There's a lot of wrestling on TV. There was. <laughs> like, there I was. Mean, I mean, well, so the, we, we, got four hours of wrestling on, yeah, we got four hours wrestling on Friday, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The, the problem was Rampage is usually pretty skippable. Yep, uh-huh. And then they made it two hours this past week, and it wasn't skippable. <laughs> no, it was not. It was it was fantastic, actually. Yes. I, it, I just want to just say on the record about Julia Hart, you, you laid out who she was and who she is now. Her That persona is uh, amazing because 
when you see her in the ring, she looks unbelievable. She looks unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, boy, that's a different crowd than just being with Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> but, but she's in there and she's working and she looks mean. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's like her and Tony her Storm in particular. Facial, like they've, yeah. they've done a 180 over the last five months. Her facial expressions and like they know it, right? Like they, they get up and close and they can capture those. So it's probably tougher for the live audience to see that. But watching back at home, like the facial expressions of Julia Hart, like you don't want to mess with her. And I think having Brody out there adds to the character. Like, having someone big oh, yeah. and menacing like him that's just sort of there, like, I think that adds to things. Yeah, so th- there's a there's a lot there. And then, of course, like, Darby and Sting and, I guess, Luchasaurus and Christian Cage to set up, you know, Christian yeah. Cage event- uh, eventually winning the TNT Championship for real. I mean, for real. <laughs> I mean, we... Uh, Great. Everybody knew how that match was ending. Like, every, there, was, there was a reason it went first on Saturday night because everybody knew it was going to happen. Yeah, so, and it's weird uh, from an AEW standpoint. Like for Dynamite, like I thought last night was more story driven. Like you don't have a ton of like banger matches you think of, but like the MJF Jay White promo, I enjoyed the Hangman Swerve, the MJF and Cole like backstage or the video with uh, their fishing. Like that stuff oh, was enjoyable last night with Captain Insano. Yeah, that was a good catch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is why the WWE is the industry the industry leader because. They're the ones to start all this with these vignettes to be able to show personalities. And AEW's learning. Like, yeah. match, 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 match is great. But without story and a little ha-ha, you got to have that because it's supposed to be – the show's supposed to be a full entertainment package mm-hmm. and for you to know who these people are. And so AEW's getting better at that. We've been looking for that for, what, a couple of years? Now yeah. we're getting it. Yeah, and, By and the I way, think from, uh, this question, Sam, I think the big part is that, like, Raw felt watchable for the most part. Like they're moving stuff around. Mm-hmm. We have great wrestling. And I think that's the thing. Like we had so many shows this week that you couldn't watch in a 10 minute span, you know, with the fast forward button. Yeah, you could not. I- I'm going to let you guys in on something. So it's already in our podcast feed. I, I hosted Busted Open on Sirius XM. I was in for Mark Henry and Denise Salcedo. And the producer said, Hey, we have this segment called Weekly Winner. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you're supposed to pick the best show of the week. And I go, Oh, okay. And she gives me the email, and it's like a screed, just like this whole thing of like, here's what happened on Collision. Here's what happened on Raw. Here's what happened on NXT. Here's what happened on Dynamite. Impact 1000 Week 2. Here's what happened on SmackDown. Here's what happened on Rampage. So just pick the winner. out. Like, what? <laughs> like, they, they, You want me to comment on all these shows? I said, I only have so much wrestling bandwidth, but it just shows you. How much wrestling? It yes. took the entire screen, like everything. She goes, yeah, is there any way that you could possibly break down uh, Roxanne Perez against Lola Vice? Like, who are they? <laughs> Oops. Who are we talking about? No, but I'm, I'm sure Browitz can. I can't. <laughs> it's just like, but it just shows you that it's great that we have this much wrestling and so much to choose from where, where we're all trying to figure out Oh, it was Raw better? Oh, collision? But that's actually a good thing. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. What do we have at number two? All right. In the AEW and WWE world this week, a big story coming out. Jade Cargill officially a member of the WWE. Social impressions almost a million in 24 hours after WWE announcement. Did AEW fail Jade Cargill, or did she just outgrow AEW? I mean, a million. Is that really what they're – I mean, after The Rock did 153. Like, yeah, yeah. So she's not I mean, quite just, there yet. Yeah. Um, I would say that she outgrew AEW. Hmm. It, it just, 
it seems like she was looking for a bigger stage. She's if we're, if we're talking about professional wrestlers and sports entertainers, she seems to be more sports entertainer. Like I think she can do a lot of things from the entertainment aspect of WWE. And I think that's maybe a better fit for her because she was, well, she was a dominant champion. It's not like she was putting on banger after banger after banger in AEW. I think that they can do character development with her because she's this big. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see her the way that Nia Jax was talking on Monday Night Raw. I wouldn't be surprised if like she comes in and knocks Nia Jax off and is like, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the biggest thing. I'm the strongest thing on this women's roster um, right away. Like, I, I guess I just don't see her on NXT right away. I just think she's a big, a bigger deal than that personally. But I, I, I that, that's where I kind of lean. I think that she just outgrew AEW. In, in that she's more of a sports entertainer. And as AEW still tries to figure out how to incorporate everything into a wrestling show, that she's probably better off in WWE. So I think every time we think about Jade Cargill in WWE, we think about all of the opportunities that she has away from the ring. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, in ring, I still say that she has some ways to go. I still suggest that she should start at NXT to be able to get the rust off or whatever, or to learn their style, because it's a different style, WWE and AEW. Uh, Bigger ring, different style, softer style. And so she has to be able to learn that. But did AEW fail Jade Cargill? Well, let me tell you, this is what you say is, that look belongs in somebody's wrestling company. She had a long, she had a long reign with the championship. So without the championship, what do you think was next for her? Meaning that, she won the championship. So what was next? Say that, for instance, she got a two-year extension, bro, and she's still with the company. Is she where Britt Baker is now, kind of in limbo? Who is she yeah. feuding with? you got plenty of women to feud with. So I'm wondering, like, after losing the championship, what would be next for her? Right. No, I agree. And that's why I lean towards they failed her because even during the TBS title run, like, they built her up as undefeated. I thought it was a very creative way to let her learn on the fly, essentially. Like, you're padding the record. You're telling a story. But they didn't seem to have that other story. Like, we all talked about it when they were doing the Outcast versus the Originals. Like, she would have been a home run in that hypothetical War Games match as an AEW Original. You turn her face, you let her be a part of that team, give her a shot to shine. But then that didn't happen because of injuries and this and that. And you guys both just mentioned, like, Julia Hart, Tony Storm, they're actually telling stories in the women's division right now. And they could have done that with her, but they just seemed to not have those ideas or she didn't want to be a part of those ideas. Well, and, and part of AEW's problem and, and something that they have to figure out and as they continue to grow, because it pissed me off this week on the men's side, when they have somebody who is as physically intimidating as Jade is, because, I mean, she is, I mean, yes, she's, she's big, tall, fat, strong. She's got, a, she's this complete package look. They don't know how to book that. Right. Like Brian Cage, again, he was he was on my television this week, and every time I see him out there, I see him, I'm, I'm going, damn, this guy's yes. great. <laughs> and every time I see him, he's looking up at the lights at the end of the match. Like they just they don't know how to book these, you know, like larger athletes. They just they don't. Whether we're talking about Big Bill, whether we're talking about Brian Cage, whether we're talking about Jade Cargill, they haven't figured out the best way to book these big you know kind of monsters that you can have on your roster they haven't figured that out yet to add to that and tony got asked about on the media call wardlow he's just not on tv he's not hurt right now the guy was so over and they're like uh what do we do with him like 
So that's where they're at right now. If if well, the only the only thing they figured out is to in order to try to get someone over is oh we'll have Wardlow do a bunch of squash matches and do the Powerbomb Symphony like that's the only thing they figured out how to do with big people. Other than that, most of them are looking up at the lights at the end. Like Murderhawk Lance Archer is another yeah. example of somebody who just could never get his footing in AEW. Yeah, you have um, five hours of AEW programming and maybe another hour and a half or two for Ring of Honor programming, but yet you can't find a spot for Wardlow or for Jade Cargill. I don't understand it. So the next thing for me is like, I wrote down Jade Cargill against Athena. Like, like so that could be a blood feud. Like you, Athena's already proven with Willow that that's a banger, but I'm just thinking like for, for Jade Cargill, she's, I think you keep her special. She should be out there every other week. And I think they would have been fine. But I just, I, I look at that and Gabe, and that's why maybe they failed her because I mean, a, a talent like that in this arms race, you're not trying to let anyone go. Just yeah. say it out loud. Sonny Kiss, Joey Janela, Jade Cargill, all not put the part of the company? Like Jade Cargill? Which one of these things is not like the other? You want to yeah. get rid of Sonny Kiss and you want to release Joey Janela because what for whatever reason, that's fine. Her? You let her go over there? Now, now here's the only thing that can save this, guys. The only thing that can save this is that if – Mercedes Monet is going to come out on Wrestle Dream. And that's the only thing they can say because Ooh. I'll take that trade. I'll take Mercedes Monet. I'll take her and they can have Jade because at least with Monet, I can make money if I book her right. Seriously. Sure. But looking at that card, like, where's the spot for her? Like, the only women's match right now is the TBS title. Oh, she just comes out. No, she just comes out. She doesn't have to do anything, literally okay. anything that. And again, maybe that's a new era. Like, sure. she's big enough where that's a new era, right? Yes. Well, I, I know she's going to be handsomely paid then because if WWE, if she couldn't get to terms with WWE, AEW is going to pay through the nose for her, for sure. Right. No, I agree. And that's the thing like, from an AEW standpoint. Like, Jade was homegrown. And the Cody leaving was a big deal. But I feel like the way yeah. that WWE is blowing this up and making such a big deal of someone that they didn't make is because they're sort of put beating their chest saying, ha, huh, we got one of yours. Like You put in all the work, and now we're going to get the shine off of it. Which is why they can't put her in NXT. Correct. Okay. There was she, way too and, much publicity this week about a signing that is essentially an indie signing. She came from the pissant company. She didn't have any other name value. <laughs> and the value they put in this week, like that's not for Tuesday nights. Pissant <laughs> <laughs> company. Uh, and I love the WWE, like the loyalists, like, Yay, we got Jade. Oh, I didn't think you watched her. Yeah, oh, you know who she is? That's interesting. Number one trend on Twitter when they announced it. The whole tribalism over AEW, WWE stuff is just fascinating to me on Twitter. (laughs) Like, it's just wrestling. Good wrestling. Just enjoy it, right? Like, find good wrestling and enjoy it. That's that's the way I look at it. Is there anybody else that you think? Because the examples I listed, like Bill, Big Bill, Brian Cage, are examples of of guys that I think could have more success in WWE than they do in AEW. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs is another yep. one. Like, this Book of Hobbs thing is cool, but but here's the thing that's so ridiculous. There's Broughton and I sitting side by side at the United Center. I mean, here's a match here that's, okay, middle of the card, until you have the addition of the Chicago crowd screaming meat at Miro and at Powerhouse Hobbs, and there's nothing to follow, but there's no follow-up. Yeah. It's money, and there's no follow-up. Where's the meat T-shirts? How come we don't get that match again, right? So Hobbs doesn't get his comeuppance, doesn't get a rematch in that. The fans were into it. A match that was just 
there became something because of the crowd and they don't follow up. That just shows you again how they are biased against the big man. They, or we go, they can't book the big man. I mean, for in the land of giants, Vince would love all yeah. these people. Bring them in. That's 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 hundred percent Vince. You have meat, the whole meat thing. And as a matter of fact, on Raw uh, on yes. Monday, they kind of did the whole thing with meat themselves. Yep. It was a Bronson Reed against Otis. Against yeah. Otis. Uh, excuse me, that's big Bronson Reed to you. That's right. Yeah. How else are you going to know that he's big? Come on. <laughs> Don't confuse the audience. I mean, my, my dream is that Big Bill takes on Big Bronson Reed. Wow. And then we can finally have a big match. But, like, stuff Did like that, that's, like, not AEW big man specific. Like, that's just them in general. Like, the CJ Perry stuff happening this week, that was three weeks ago that we had that pay-per-view. And, like, this is the follow-up. Like, oh, well, I'm going to go manage someone else. Like, they don't know how to continue it. I'd even throw out from a storyline standpoint. Orange Cassidy is just sort of in limbo right now. The guy main evented a show earlier this month, and now it's like, oh, you can go to this uh, tag team match. Yeah, I think, I mean, him and Hook are going to be number one contenders. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't know. To answer your question, though, Gabe, I think Wardlow in Vince's world, like that look and what he can do in the ring, like that's a WrestleMania main eventer in Vince's eyes. Oh, 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 oh. That's a strong cue right there. Woo. Cut the tape right there. Boom, right there. Yes, dang wow. it, he is. That's Vince's guy. That would that I mean he does have Vince written all over him. Yes. But in AEW, if you if you don't do hundred moves, you know, you don't you don't make it in that company or you're not over in that company. You know, like I, I'm surprised El Idolo's still alive. I mean, he's hold, he's doing his best yeah. on collision to give you some bangers, but again, it's always underneath. At some point, you got to develop stars, all different sizes. It's okay. They don't all have to just flip-flop and fly and do all this other stuff. You can actually have some big guys that can tell some stories. You can do well, that. Which is why, again, on Collision, I think you, I mean, at least you're developing, I mean, you know, Miro's not big and tall, but he's a big dude. Yes. You know, the big old broad shoulders. And Brian Danielson was always one when he was at WWE of Oh, the reason why I succeed here is because you have the big show. You have all these things, you know, you have for big show all the way down to me. You've got all these different things because it's not, if we were all the same, it would be boring. And, you know, I think while he was there, he was very conscious with WWE of trying to have all these different things. So with collision, I think that's your hope. If you're a big man in AEW collisions, your hope because Brian Danielson's over there. He, he understands that in this circus, you got to have a, a lot of different variety and you got to have a lot of different things in order to hit different parts of the fan base. Yep. Meat. I think they did make a t-shirt. I don't know if they really like much like the writer. I'm, I'm a golf guy and nobody's like promoted the Ryder cup this week. Like, I don't think anybody really promoted the t-shirts. I don't think anybody they were like, Oh, Hey, we made this great shirt. Our fans might want to do this. Like they should have put like on the bottom. Oh, by the way, available now at shop AEW meat. Don't know why they didn't do that, but you know, here we are. Uh, speaking of finding good wrestling, OVW. Now, that's probably something you're very familiar with. You know, obviously, John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, all these people came through there when it was a developmental system for WWE before NXT. Well, it's now the subject of the Netflix docuseries Wrestlers. And earlier this week, Brian and Jay Hood had an opportunity to catch up with some guests. You can catch these full interviews on our YouTube page, so you can get more from Al Snow. You can get more from Matt Jones, who's one of the co-owners. And I believe you guys talked to Mr. Pectacular yes, as well. Yes, for us. No. Uh, uh, he is one of the performers for OVW. So make sure you check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Good Karma Wrestling. 
But here are some of the interviews that Brian and Jay Hood did this week around the Wrestler series from Netflix and OVW. Wrestlers now streaming on Netflix and joining us, Al Snow and Jesse Goddard joining us to talk about it from OVW. That's right, Mr. Pectacular joining the show. Guys, it's the talk of Netflix. You know the way things can get viral. We'll start with you, Jesse. What's the reaction been so far to this show and everything that you've seen so far on Netflix? Outstanding. I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes, I think we're 100 out of 100 audience and them actually reviewing it. We've been on time at Esquire, like, it's Forbes. It, yeah, Forbes. Yeah, he gets it. The Wall Street Journal, everybody. I think we're going down the hill and like real quick pause. Like I myself, everybody here shares the same sentiment. I know Al does. We can't thank Greg Whiteley enough. Like the true depiction of what goes on like through this docuseries in real life is just, it's beautiful, you know, and I don't use that word that often in life, uh, but this is truly if for the casual viewer. Please check it out. Like, check it out and talk about it. Hashtag wrestlers Netflix. You can help us out. That's how you can do it. Yes. It's for reason. Anybody that's watching, I'll give you one punch to the face. This face, the face that runs the place in many other organizations and federations and companies. And I'm saying networks. If you do not like it and you honest to goodness in your heart do not like it, you can hit me in the face. But if you watch that one, you have to talk about it, please. That's all we ask. It's, I don't even think we even know what's going to happen. And we're just on the precipice and the brink of, you know, seeing what it's going to truly turn Al, into. Jesse, you've had cameras in your face your entire life. How different is this project versus others that you've been a part of? Well, this was very different. Uh, I can't emphasize enough. This was not a reality show. Uh, this honestly was a documentary. You know, and and we made a, a, a an agreement with Greg and the crew. You know that we were if we're going to do it. Uh, you know, we can't be half pregnant. We're going to go all the way. We're going to, you know, we're going to open up. And uh, we opened up literally everything. Yeah, every aspect of our lives. We all, everyone, to everyone's test. You know, it's a testament to everyone's uh, commitment to OBW that they agreed. To be so open with their lives, personally, uh, financially, uh, professionally, uh, we we totally opened up the uh, doors wide to the crew. They were here from the end of May to the end of August, uh, filming you know twelve sixteen hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, you know it was it was uh, arduous at times, uh, a bit challenging, you know, sometimes frustrating, but, you know, we trusted Greg and we trusted the, uh, the crew. And, uh, I think, uh, that the reward was definitely worth the risk. You know, and what Greg has created is, is quite honestly, just amazing. Well, sort of along those lines down, when you talk about those rock star moments, when you're coaching up some of these wrestlers, how do you talk to them about creating those rock star moments with a styrofoam mannequin head? Uh, well, it, 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 it is, it's literally that, is creating a, they have to, the onus on them is to create uh, a persona, uh, an aspect of their personality. It's not a character. I want to make that clear. It's not a character. It is an aspect of their personality that they have to be able to turn the volume up on and fill a room. That room sometimes is going to be like a 20,000 or 60,000 seat arena. 
but they have to be able to fill that room with their personality. And it has to communicate to an audience and they have to believe in that personality so much so that if they believe in that personality, then they're going to believe that anything that 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 person in the ring does. And that that's the key to being a star, period. You have every other aspect, every other tool. But if you don't have that ability to make an audience believe in who you are, they'll never believe you do or say and that that unquestionably i mean look at some of the most major attractions we've had in professional wrestling and they're all people that you can describe in a sentence or less you could go you went to your friends and you're like there's this beer drinking you know he flips off his boss he's a redneck he's ass kicking and you know who i'm talking about it's steve austin and you know who he is what he stands for what he'll do to win and what he'll do not to lose all in one sentence and that, that is the key. That's the one thing that every one of these people here are trying to unlock so that they can become the next you know, major attraction in professional wrestling. Wrestlers is streaming now on Netflix. Check it out right now. If you love Netflix, and we know that you do, check out Wrestlers. It's available right now. Al, I'll, I'll ask you, and Jesse, I'd like for you to follow up. With this docuseries, how much will this uh, help business in OVW? I think I think this docu series is going to be a tremendous boon for OVW and for the wrestlers themselves. And you know, this is a great springboard. It's a great opportunity and it's a great platform. Now we have to double down and we really have to put our noses to the grindstone and work even harder to not just, you know, have the springboard and go out a little bit and drop off. Now we've got to use it to really catapult us to uh to another level last night we had a sold out show you know and, and that's a testament to literally within 10 days of this coming out it's up to us to sustain that and then can keep that trajectory going up these guys are going to know what the pay-per-view buys are that's going to be an actual a metric of the success that not only the show has but we do as an actual product as a whole you know we've been i've been here for years now when Al and I first started talking, he was like, hey, here's my vision. Here's what I want you to do. I'm the one that actually has the OVW National Heavyweight Championship for a reason. I say that I'm the face that runs the place. I know that OVW loves me. I know that Al loves me. He doesn't want to tell you that. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, it's all in our, it is our business. He is, you know, the puppet master behind the curtain. He is, he is Kermit. He is the one. This is live television every single week. That's to the likes of WWE and AEW. Nobody else is doing that. There's live to tape. Absolutely. This is live television. Anybody that's in the surrounding area of Louisville, Kentucky gets to see that, you know, there's a mystique to that when it comes to entertainment, because there is no, Hey, let's retake this kind of thing. Something goes wrong. We do it on the fly. That's why he's in the back just, you know, turning knobs and pushing buttons and everything can go awry. And it, things that can go wrong will go wrong. Sound goes out. Camera's cut off. This guy trips. This guy falls. This doesn't happen. All of that happens. If, if anybody actually wants to come here and see this, I encourage everybody to, to do so. And it's on us because it's our business. It's, it's my brand. It's Mr. Pectacular's brand. I want people to not only come here, but enjoy it have memories with their family with like, you know, sons and daughters, 
uh, of parents that literally come and actually have this be part of their week, you know, and it's up to us to, to continue to maintain that following that we now have because of this huge, massive, massive opportunity that the vehicle of, of wrestlers is being able to showcase because we haven't changed. We haven't changed, but the product has continuously gotten better in, in real time. And, and the storylines are just outstanding right now. The factions that we have, the, the things that we have going on here, there's there's drama, there's relationships, there's love stories, there's there's hatred that we used to have, you know, best friends, all of that. The entire gamut of professional wrestling is being depicted beautifully here at OBW. So I'd encourage and implore everybody to check it out. Yeah, really. we, we did sell out last night, but I want to make it clear, we've We've been slowly growing, and we've been consistently getting those types of audiences. That is a testament development of Essie and, and the rest of the talent and how hard they've been working that we've been able to develop this, because this couldn't have happened at a better time. If it happened a year and a half ago, two years ago, we couldn't capitalize on that, this opportunity like we can now. This will only increase and enhance what we've already been on a trajectory to do. Uh, since day one. We're so glad you're with us for Good Karma Wrestling along with Brian Rhodes from ESPN West Palm. I'm Jonathan Hood from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And, Rhodes, we have a special guest, the CEO of Ohio Valley Wrestling and our colleague from ESPN Radio. It is Matt Jones, and he is with us right here uh, on Good Karma Wrestling. Matt, uh, it's Brian and Jonathan. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you guys. Um, glad to be with you. I hope you enjoyed Wrestlers. Yes, we want to talk to you about that. Wrestlers on Netflix. You can watch it now. We know a lot of our listeners and viewers watch Netflix, so check out Wrestlers. Hashtag Wrestlers. Hashtag Wrestler Netflix. Tell us about it, uh, how you are able to get be part of this venture for Ohio Valley Wrestling and the connection with this docuseries. Yeah, so a couple years ago, I was trying to figure out kind of what was next for OVW. And I pitched the idea of let's do last chance you, but let's make it about, you know, wrestling. And my co-owner happened to know a person at BBC and we pitched it to BBC. There were 13 producers on the pitch. 12 of them said no, but one of them liked it. And he just happened to know Greg Whiteley, who did Last Chance You, and brought him in. And next thing you knew, we had uh, the premise of a series. They came and, and spent four months with us, and you ended up with wrestlers, which I think is, I mean, I've been a big fan of Greg's for a long time. I've always thought he does a great job. And I think it's the best thing he's ever done. I mean, I think Last Chance You is very, very good. Cheers, very good, but I think this is the, uh, I think this is probably his best piece of work, and I'm biased because we're it's our place, but I do believe it. Matt, we talked to Jesse Goddard and Al Snow about, you know, the ramifications of this documentary and what that does for business. So after our conversation, I was thinking, okay, because of the word of mouth, because of the success of the this docuseries, I expect to see expansion for Ohio Ohio Valley Wrestling. Tell me. What do you think 2024 looks as far as expansion? You know, not just at the Davis Arena, but maybe throughout the Missouri Valley. Is that a possibility? Well, I hope so. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, uh, it's been great for us locally. You know, we've sold out the last few shows we've done. I think that hopefully will continue. 
Um, you know, to expand, we need some help. We need either some investment or potentially, I mean, what I would like to see is a television deal that makes sense for us. We, we need to be on the air beyond Kentucky. Fight TV's great. You know, they don't, it's still the same premise. You're still trying to sell ads. We need somebody to help us pay for the rights and expand our viewership. So that's what I want to see happen. We are going to go on tour, trying to figure out what that looks like. Part of that is going to depend on if we have a season two and how that works. So still kind of trying to make those decisions. But, you know, we were number one on Fight TV last week in, in viewership. That was never the case before. So hopefully, um, you know, hopefully it continues. I, The one thing I'm confident in, I know Al and Jesse and those guys are going to do a great job with the product. What I have to do is try to make the right business decisions to really – Help us take advantage. All right, so you heard it here. So you heard it here first, Burlitz. So <laughs> little Murray, Kentucky, little Valparaiso, Chicago. Eventually, Big Show 2024. It's gonna be awesome, man. I can't. I wait, would love man. it. We've been we've been to Murray. <laughs> we've been to Murray. We have not done anything in in uh, Valparaiso, but I would love to do it. I'd love to do it in Chicago. You know, the thing I have we have to test, to be quite frank, you frank with you is can OVW sell tickets on its name outside of Kentucky? We can do it in Kentucky. We can do it in Southern Indiana. But can we do it in Indiana, Illinois? And, and I don't know. I mean, I hope so. But that's one of those things you have to almost try and see before you really know. And that's what I'm trying to figure out what makes sense to do because it's still kind of an unknown, you know? So sort of that mindset, you know, the first episode, you make the comment, wrestling dorks don't spend money. Seeing that reaction, what's it been like for you watching the show and sort of seeing that behind the scenes look at others talking about you, essentially? Yeah, I mean, what? like a lot of things, you say something and then you say, well, I wish I'd said that differently. What I meant, right. here's what I meant. What I meant was there's this indie wrestling fan base online that hates, OVW. Not so much OVW, but like they like this kind of wrestling that we don't do, right? Like they like the sort of, it, some of them like this very sort of, you know, physical death match kind of thing. You see that in there. Some of them like wrestling that's about flips and like how athletic everybody is. And we're more of a storyline based wrestling and what i was talking about there was i had been asked i think by the produce by one of the directors how do you have much of an online following out in the world and i basically was like no wrestling dorks don't like us and then they don't spend money but i'm talking about this very small sort of niche of people that don't even like this show right i mean these are fans of people you know, look, you know this, wrestling fans like to hate yeah. wrestling. It's like part of their thing, uh -huh. you know? And, uh, but... I, it's a tribalism. We get it. It is. And like, you know, but it made it seem like I was talking about all wrestling fans, which is stupid because wrestling fans spend a lot of money. I mean, look at WWE, AEW, even things like GCW do a great job. It's just, we're different than that. And I think what we have to do to make money is get the kind of people that watch WWE, don't watch indie wrestling, but would like the kind of local nature of what we do.
And that's what we have to find. And that's a little different than the online wrestling fan base. And that's what I was talking about. Okay. I, we want to make sure that's clear. We've seen your other interviews talk about this. I just know you because I've followed your career. If if Coach Stoops or Coach you know, Cal said, UK dorks, you'd be all over them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so oh, I understand. <laughs> Listen, I know what, first of all, I consider dork a term of affection. I'm a huge dork. Okay. I, like, like I'm, I am, I, when I was in college, I wore a shirt that said dorks. So, like, I'm not, I mean, I, Jeff Foxworthy says about the word redneck, I can say it because I is one. I is, a, I is an, a dork, right? So, you know, but with that said, Without the context of everything I just said, sure. totally no understand why it made people mad, and I get it. But you know, also they were setting me up as a heel. It worked, <laughs> so uh, I think that was part of it too. Again, big thanks to Matt Jones, to Al Snow, to Mr. Pectacular. Catch the full interviews if you want to listen to those or watch those on our YouTube page, YouTube.com/slash Good Karma Wrestling. All right, what do we have this week, Brian, in news and notes? All right, we talked about it earlier. Wrestling Observer reporting that Edge's WWE contract is set to expire Saturday, September 30th. Just another note, WrestleDream AEW, that is Sunday, October 1st. All right, quickly, more likely, Adam Copeland, Mercedes Monet. Adam Copeland. Mercedes, but I think both. Whoa, you think we get like uh, two years ago when yes. you had uh, Danielson and Adam Cole show up in Chicago? I think it's one of those nights. Uh, whether she's healthy or not, like she's not going to be physical, but if she shows up, it would just be huge. You know, he says new era. Edge doesn't seem like new era, but Mercedes does. And again, they have other big shows that they have, but I, that maybe because of the New Japan connection, Maybe that's why she shows up there on right. Sunday. We'll find out. I think the Edge will definitely be there. Mercedes, I'm pretty 50-50 on it. Speaking I, of big I, names. I think we get ahead. Mercedes eventually in AEW. And okay. again, if, if, if both of them show up, that feels like it lives up to. And TK's have issues living up to these promises what? of <laughs> new era of AEW. Ring size news reporting there are talks of The Rock having a match at Elimination Chamber in Australia ahead of WrestleMania. Speculation that Endeavor wants to plan a huge scale event down under for February's event. Whew. Uh, I mean, I guess if he's available and he wants to do it, if he the last time he came back, he had matches before Mania. So he did the tag match with Cena before the first once-in-a-lifetime match that he had with John when they took on The Miz and R-Truth. So he had that tag match, which was at Survivor Series. And then he had the match where he won against CM Punk at the Royal Rumble before he had the second um, match of a lifetime with John Cena in those back-to-back -back years. So he had yeah. those four matches in that year span. It would make sense if he could make it work in his schedule because I think that if you want to do something meaningful – which is kind of what he hinted at, at, you know, when he was talking with Pat McAfee about, yeah, it kind of fell through in 39. And if you want to do something meaningful, my guess is you want to have a match before it to set up whatever happens at Mania. So I, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I think The Rock, after returning for the first time in who knows how long and getting the ovation that he did in Colorado, like, it, he seems more agreeable to it right now. So if you're WWE, if you're Endeavor, you strike when the iron's hot. 
Yes, I guess if it's available, sure. I, I'm not uh, privy on what's going on with the strike. Is the strike still? Is it over now? Writers' strike is over. Mm-hmm. Actors are talking on Monday. I think they have a s- negotiation session. So I, I think it's going to be coming. It's going to be coming to a close here relatively soon. This is a great time for WWE because now the wrestlers can still, like a Cena or a Rock, and say, "Well." I know that the strike's coming to an end, but yet I'm booked for this, this, this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great time for, um, you know, for The Rock. I would say this, that if The Rock's available, sure, I would not wrestle until WrestleMania. But maybe Perth, Australia is where he gets the kinks out. I just yeah. think that he's that special that he should just be in Philadelphia. But if he wants to wrestle and give people a preview of what people are going to see, go right ahead. Uh, the more Rock, the better, as long well, as he's around. Plan your life accordingly. That show will air primetime in Australia, which means 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. For That's right. We'll have, we'll have our post-show uh, uh, at uh, 9 a.m. So make GKW sure Brunch. I've, I've, I was about to say, I've done coffee golf before. Coffee wrestling's a new one. I'm into it. We'll be up and ready to go. We'll have breakfast with GKW. A special show for the Australian audience of yes, GKW. Right. In AEW contract news, conflicting reports on Serena Deeb and her absence from AEW. Fightful says there are two reports out right now. One directly from Deeb says she is hurt. Other sources say she had a serious disagreement with Tony Khan over TV time for women's matches. She was last seen on TV in October of 2022. I mean, if she's if she's the one trying to fight the good fight for the women, good on her. Because, again, we we talked about how some of these women are growing in AEW. And how some are just kind of floating. They they have enough TV time where I think they need to have more than just the one women's token match, right? Um, on an episode of Collision or Dynamite or what have you. So, I good for her if that's the fight she wants to fight. I'm behind her. I really like Serena Deeb a lot. Got a chance to interview her last time we saw her. I got a chance to interview her when I guess there was some AEW event that was on, and she was just. So well-spoken and really complimentary about the business and where women are right now. And it has been a mystery of where she went. I think she's been, a, uh, has disappeared off of social media as well for a long time. I just, I think I looked her up a few months ago, DM'd her, um, we exchanged information, have not heard from her. So, you know, she is uh, one of those technical wrestlers that would fit in perfectly with AEW in the scene right now. So I hope that she comes back on the scene because she has reinvented herself, and I uh, hope we see her soon because she's really great in the ring. And finally, some impact contracts coming up. PCO has given his notice to impact his contract up October 30th and reports that Sammy Callahan's contract is up this weekend with impact and that he will be moving on. Sammy Callahan. Mm. There's reportedly interest for him to work backstage at places. The guy's run yeah. wrestling companies in the past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, if, uh, if, yeah, sure. If you want to hire him as a producer, more power to you. It just okay. So a person that should be in the ring uh, for a big company, Sammy Callahan or Nick Aldis. It's weird that Aldis is just Aldis. a producer in WWE. Like that, you can't use that guy. Aldis yeah. in the ring. Like it's weird. Well, I hope you guys plan your life to see Mox versus Callahan on a dynamite because we know that's no. going to happen. See, that's why we paused. Because I was thinking it, but we didn't say it out loud. Like, I don't want to see that garbage wrestler like in AEW. That's Mox's guy. Yeah, yeah. 
That's why Gabe and I didn't say anything. Like, <laughs> oh God, could you imagine him in AEW with his nonsense and his, you know, his garbage matches? Like, I, I don't want to. Yeah, like, especially. He's an attraction. I understand. I'm just saying, like. But know. going back to Nick Aldis, like Nick Aldis has the look of a WWE guy. I'm surprised that they can't. Makes no sense. Can't figure something out. All right. Do your best. <laughs> Limit it to just three. And if you can't, I understand. Matches of the week. Okay. All right. How about this? I'll start here. Drew McIntyre against Kofi Kingston. Yep. So two one. weeks in a row where Kingston gets on. Oh, that's I know why. Former WWE <laughs> champion. He actually can go. How about yeah. that? Singles, away from the nonsense, he like, actually can go. And and I kind of like the slow burn heel turn that they're doing yes. for Drew. Like that's, you know, just kind of feeding him to the Viking Raiders after, you know, after the match. Like I I I thought the match was great. And then the storytelling before and after was spectacular as well. And all, like the common sense stuff with Drew, it's like screw yeah. this guy. Like he screwed me over. Like I'm not just gonna be okay with him now. Like that's working. Yeah. Oscar Eo Sky from SmackDown, so good mm-hmm. that it should have been on a pay per view. I know. I know. There's a lot of stuff around it, but I just think when you put it in the ring, they went uh, 17 minutes on SmackDown. I'm like, why am I not paying for this? <laughs> it's like those two should be going at it again on a major pay per view. I know you closed the show with the Cena contract angle signing. AJ Styles gets attacked in the back, but man, that was so good. It should have closed the show. Should have made it. I'll also add, I wrote for that match. That was an AEW style match. Like it was one of those matches you should pay for. And the backstory was so deep that you had to be in the weeds to know stuff, which like I didn't, but Michael Cole sort of acknowledged like, hey, they've interacted in the past in Japan and stuff. I think, yeah, I think Cole did a great job. And that's something. And and we've mentioned this before, but like the biggest, the person who's been able to flap their wings and fly the most <laughs> since Vince McMahon's departure of week to week television is Michael Cole. Yes. And and now he's now, I mean, unfortunately now he's become too good where he has to be on both shows, but you know, so it's going to be tough for him, but for him to be able to like under Vince McMahon, he would have never been able to talk about that stuff, yep. but he was able to, and because it ended up being like a three, I think they had two commercial breaks in yeah, the, in the so. match. It was that long. So he had enough time to like explain some of the different angles and aspects of that match. And I thought Cole did a tremendous job. Danielson against Ricky Starks, uh, the Texas death match in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Uh, just fantastic. It, it's amazing. These specialty matches, you know, the old schooler in me is like, I saw the greatest Texas death match, blah, 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 1989. <laughs> I saw the best strap match, Wahoo McDaniel, the Indian, taking on blah, 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 all that stuff, right? And they're just rewriting history of it's the greatest strap match. I'm it, it, amazing with bro. It's sitting there with him. As he watched, I, I'm enjoying the hell of that match. He's watching Florida State. So, <laughs> multitasking. I mean, no, you were you completely beak into the phone, staring in, looking at Florida State football. Well, I'm like, this a good is win. the greatest strap match I've ever seen. His beak is there for for Nor- for Norvell. Nonetheless, Danielson against Ricky Starks Texas Death Match game is the greatest Texas Death Match I've ever seen. Yes. So they're just rewriting history, and this is a hyperbole. These two matches have been fantastic, but right. the question is. When is Starks going to win one of these? That's what I'm wondering. Agreed. Uh, I mean, I think he beats Wheeler Yuta this weekend. I said Danielson. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good enough. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, 
you, you would think that they're going to continue and do some other, I mean, are they going to have a cage match? Like, I don't, when, when you start with, when you start with strap match and then go to Texas death match, I'm not sure how you keep elevating for the feud to continue. Like those are matches that are typically blow offs. And yet here we are, because obviously I would say, despite the handshake at the end of the match, like Wheeler Yuta wrestling Ricky Starks is continuing some sort of Blackpool Combat Club Ricky Starks um, storyline. So I, I guess we would maybe get another one at full gear or who the hell knows. It'll just be another random collision. I don't know. Um, but I don't know how you elevate. Again, I don't know how you elevate from strap match to death match. I don't know what's above death match. No, I agree. Uh, my matches, I had Asuka, I had Brian. My third, though, Kofi and Drew were great. I'm sticking on Monday. Dragon Lee versus Dirty Dom. Dominic Mysterio is growing before. Well, there goes Jay Hood. Well, I, I understand it. I respect it. Hi. 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 No what? respect for Dom Dom. Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to be that guy, then you got to start giving us an NXT report. I didn't know you had time to watch NXT. I, no, it was on Raw. I didn't have to watch it on NXT. It was on Raw? Oh. Yeah. It was on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. I understand the confusion. <laughs> I watched the show. I just, yeah, I understand the confusion. I forgot about that. Sorry. Yeah, the random Dragon League call-up, and they let him shine, and then get pinned yeah. clean by Dom Dom. Then you know what? I apologize. That's fair. Okay. It, it was on USA. That's fine. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I would also throw in there for Monday night the tag match to end. I know we had a pretty schmozzy finish, but like, even though I'm I'm getting a little tired of of the story between KO Sammy and the Judgment Day, like they put on a hell of a match to close things out. Like yeah. it was spectacular. Like you knew you knew it was going to have some sort of funky ending. You knew that JD was going to have some sort of you know hand in it the way that he was told he was never going to be able to join the Judgment Day, so he'd have to redeem himself somehow. But it was, but I I honestly thought watching it, going all right, I guess. And I'm on the edge of my seat by the end. Like they, they were able to hook me again in the main event of Monday Night Raw. It was fantastic. I know. Listen, I understand that we're tired of that match and that yes. rivalry. It always delivers, though. No, I'm. It always delivers. Yeah, I'm tired of the rivalry. I guess it's it's truly a fight forever situation where everybody's everybody's creative enough where they've been able to do it. And you know, again, like AEW, if they ever do another. Young Bucks, straight up Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. Like they've done that match 6,000 times, but they're going to come up with some new creative twist to it that I know I'm going to absolutely love and enjoy. I, need more spacing. I don't need it every Monday. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I understand. I understand. <laughs> when is this NXT um, Bakersfield show? Is that this weekend too? No, NXT No Mercy, Saturday night. Oh, Saturday night. Yeah. Get you pumped. got the card? What's the card? Uh, Becky Lynch. Is Dom yep. fighting? Becky Lynch versus uh, Stratton, the rematch there. All right. So we got that. We got Braun Baker versus Baron Corbin. No, that doesn't do it for you. Uh, Carmelo Hayes defends the NXT you're telling me Dragunov. You're telling me Baron survived the releases? Yeah, somehow he's just hiding in NXT. They didn't realize he was there. That's a great point, by the way. <laughs> That's a great I, point. I, not that I'm rooting for people to lose their jobs. Right. I just... I can't remember the last time I I mean, they, they built him up to be with JBL and JBL went, you know what? Yeah. I don't want the paycheck. You keep him. I'm out of here. 
That's exactly what happened, too. <laughs> Carmelo versus Dragunov will be good for the NXT title. Dirty Down defends the North American Championship against Trick Williams because no one told NXT that they were cutting Ali, and then they cut oh. him. So he's not working Saturday. Oof. Yeah. You know what? There's. You're right. You, there's some good matches on there. Now, again, like I'm a Dragunov fan. I think that's great. I think that to see Becky Lynch, that should be the main event, right? Shouldn't it? Becky Lynch? It has to be. Uh, either either that title. either that, or we get a Brock Lesnar and it's the first thing out, so she's on the first thing smoking, brother. Like that's <laughs> Oh yeah. You yeah. Got, it's one of the two. Is she she's either going out first or she can just all right, I'm going home to Seth and the kid, yes. or it goes on last because it is the biggest match on the card. That is the GKW Cardinal rule. <laughs> if you see a match with a main eventer at the top of the card. They're losing. So long. <laughs> Run up the limbo. That's how it works. That's how it works. First no mercy since 2017, according to Wikipedia. That's Triple H just using just the old names. Yeah. Can I get Great American Bash? <laughs> just diving in, diving into the old D- WCW and WWE names. So, hey, maybe we're gonna have, we're gonna have the pay per view this weekend. You've got NXT if that's something you're into. Although, again, a couple of really good matches. If you happen to have nothing going on on Saturday night, I'm hoping we have as good of a week this week as we did this past week because the shows were spectacular. I think, you know, again, we covered that. It, they were all very, very good. Again, check out our YouTube page. There you can check out the full interviews with Al Snow, with um, Matt Jones as well if you want to learn more about OVW and the Netflix series Wrestlers. We'll be right back here next week on GKW.